Oh, no. In case anyone was wondering, Dina just left the building. I'm not sure where she is. We'll be back momentarily. Please get your popcorn. Welcome back to episode four of Simple Tech Media Podcast. I'm Nikki. And I'm Tina. And we are so excited to have you join along with us today. Now, last week, we got into just a little bit talking about OneNote. We talked about Canva. We talked about a few things with Etsy. So I just want to like play off of our conversations from last week and just talk about a little bit of what we learned from using those applications. Now, before we get into that, I do want to talk about something that I learned two weeks ago. You know, when we put out videos, we kind of get feedback a few weeks after we put those videos out. Right. And so I put out my Zotero video. And when we're creating those videos, obviously, we're trying to make a step-by-step -step tutorial of how to get everything to work properly. And mm -hmm. then people start using those step-by-step -step tutorials, which is fantastic. Thank you so much for all of you that are using those and, and working with it. But then we start getting a little feedback saying, um, mm -mm, this is not working. And then how do you fix it? Right. So going off of that, uh, one thing that I learned with my Zotero video, I had to research a few things because I had some people reaching out saying their citations were not working and they had absolutely no idea what to do to fix them. And I, I mean, I didn't know what to do to fix them either. So I had to do some digging and some research and what I found out now you're going to know this, Tina, because we've worked with different kinds of technology. Um, but what mm -hmm. I found out was Zotero works with Google and it works with Microsoft, but they don't like to intermingle. So if you're working on a group project and mm -hmm. some people in your group are trying to do it on a Google Doc, and then the other people are trying to open it up in a Microsoft Word Doc. Oh. Those connections, they are not going to, to stay together. They're going to cause problems. They're going to be angry. So, oh. yes, yes. That's very, unfortunate. Very, I mean, yeah. And so it, that, those are things that, that you're not going to know unless you play around with it. That was going right. back to our tech tip of the week from two episodes ago. You just got to play around with the different kinds of technology. Google right. and, and Microsoft, they're like, they're like friends. They, I personally think that they're friends. They like <laughs> each other, but I'm not necessarily like, let me invite you to my wedding, be my maid of honor type of friends, you know? Right. Yeah. They're, they're so, like, We'll eat lunch together, but you're not going to be invited to my, my reception. Oh, type. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'll give you the invite, but then after that, I mean, I don't even want you to come. Whereas, <laughs> whereas Apple and Android, I don't even, I don't even know if they would get an invite with Apple and Android or Samsung or whatever, but at least Google and, and Microsoft, they're friends. They, they want to be working yeah. together, but not, you know, BFF status. So right. that was the, that was one thing that I learned with um, Zotero from just a few weeks ago. And there's other softwares, there's other applications that are going to do the same thing. 
And mm-hmm. we just have to, to work around what it's asking for, how they intermingle, how they do work together. Um, and that was one thing that I learned from two weeks ago, some feedback that I got from two weeks ago. That was what I learned a few weeks ago from just some of the feedback that I got on that tutorial. What have you learned in your Canvas stuff, Tina? Well, I think going off of what you're talking about there with finding out while Zotero is a great resource and a great tool, and I will say we've gotten a lot of good interaction with that that specific video that you did. So it seemed like there was a great need for that one. It's really difficult to find one software, one application, one tool that works across the board for everybody. And that's why there's such a need for so many different resources to be out there. And I think that goes along with creators as well. Everybody kind of learns in a different way. Right. And it can be a little bit intimidating kind of putting our ourselves out there to say, hey, we're going to, we're going to do this. And I just um, this weekend, as I was making my video for Canva, I had recorded it earlier in the week, and then I was editing it this weekend. And I was um, sharing it to Pinterest. And when I shared it to Pinterest, it pulled up some videos that were similar to that. And it's all these creators whose thumbnail, and for those who don't know, the thumbnail is the picture that pops up that's supposed to get everybody interested. And I thought their thumbnail looks so much better than mine. There's, you know... I, I, how am I thinking that I'm, that I can compete with this? And then I just remember everybody has value. Everybody has purpose in what they're doing. The way that they present is going to be different than the way that I present. The way Mm -hmm. I present is even different than the way that Nikki presents. And I texted Mm -hmm. her last night with a video that she posted. And I said, you did such a great job with her OneNote video. And I sat there and listened to it and I learned from her video. And then there were some things that she talked about in her video that I was waiting to see if she would come to and she got to it, but it was in a completely different way that I would have gotten to it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that, that it was not right. It was just that we look at things completely different, but we still get to the same point. And that's what's so much fun about being able to be creative Mm-hmm. is everybody looks at it differently. And then everybody has different learning needs. We don't all learn the same way. We don't all look at things the same way. We all have different preferences. I, I tend to talk very slowly, methodically. I tend to tell stories as I go along. I mm-hmm. tend to ramble on a little bit. I, I realized the other day that I talk in a pace because I used to teach a speed writing class. Did you, we didn't have that class when you were in, in school. No. But I, I took the class and then I taught the class and we had to, so you know how we, when we give time writings to students, we, mm-hmm. they get a, a score based on their typing speed. Well, we would give scores based on students' writing speed. Oh, wow. But their writing speed was based off of what we would dictate to them. So it was based off of how we were reading the words for them. So, you know, in like a beginning keyboarding, you're teaching them and you're keeping the pace. So you're going through the letters. And you have that pace, that steady pace, right. you're teaching them. So it's, you know, A, space, B, you know, whatever space. And I'm not going right. through the letters correctly, but you're kind of keeping that space while they're learning the letters. And then you speed up for them as you go through and you're kind of pushing them to speed up. Mm-hmm. Well, we would do that for speed writing at the end. So they were already going at a certain pace. So we would read at a certain pace. So I had to practice that mm-hmm. and I would have to slow myself down and read at this, this pace And I find myself speaking that way where it's just kind of like, okay, 
speed it up a little bit <laughs> or slow it down a little bit, but it's kind of this steady rhythm. And I think that's where that comes from. And I notice that more when I'm editing videos. It, yeah. It, I uh, think, okay, put a little bit of expression in there and move it along, Tina. But, see, um, but you know, we, we just present things in a different way. And I think everybody, there's an audience out there for all of that. And then for those who are looking for tutorials or looking for mm -hmm. tips and tricks and things, I think there's somebody out there for everybody as far mm -hmm. as, you know, who's explaining in a way that that works. The videos that I did this week or the, uh, the main video that I did this week was on Canva and the content that I did in Canva was something that I've done before. So that part wasn't new for me. The part of the behind the scenes that I did this week that was very thrilling for me and I think for Nikki as well, once we realized what was happening, mm -hmm. is the behind the scenes of social media. I've been very curious to see how do you grow a following? And neither one of us are in this for fame. We're not in this to be able to, you know, say, well, we can't walk down the street because everybody's going to want our, our autograph or whatever. Like we're not in this for any kind of fame, any kind of any of that. Um, so, you know, that's not it at all. And we're not in it to get, you know, the millions of followers overnight and all of that. We, yeah. we truly do have a heart for helping people, mm -hmm. but we're also very curious to see just how things work. And if we were able to help a large amount of people, that would be nice. And honestly, we are teachers who are looking to supplement our summer income. And if mm -hmm. we could start getting monetized, I wouldn't be upset with that. And I know Nikki wouldn't be upset with that either. No. But we're really just curious to see how it works. So when you set up your YouTube account, you know, we all watch YouTube or I watch YouTube all the time mm -hmm. and you see an ad pop up and I just assume that anytime I see an ad, somebody's getting money from that, which is true. And I assume it's the creator, but I've always wondered, do they get to choose, first of all, what the ad is that's showing? Do they get to pick the ads that right. are showing? Does this ad mean that they support this specific product or is it just right. that they have you know, and I know that people have certain brand deals, but, you know, is this just a random ad that's showing up? Do they get to pick, you know, a certain category that they're okay with? I'm mm -hmm. just curious about that. I have heard that they get to choose where ads will show up. So I've, I've heard, heard certain creators say that they'll choose for an ad to show up every 10 minutes or every eight minutes or oh, something wow. similar to how it would be in a normal, like a television show type thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So behind the scenes, we've been curious to see how does it truly work on the backside before you start getting the monetization opportunities? Because you hear people say all the time, oh, they're just a content creator. They don't do anything. They just make a video and they put it out there. There is so much work that goes into making content between the planning, the recording, the edits. <laughs> The figuring out how to do all of that, the figuring out what software you're going to use, what camera you're going to use, your kind of your focus of your niche, what you're going to, to, to do. If you have a website, right. figuring out your website, there's so much that goes into it. Anybody who says that a content creator doesn't actually put work into it, doesn't actually know the field at all. And exactly. we knew that going, coming into it. We've made videos before we've done recordings we knew this was not going to be something that was easy or something that wasn't time consuming. We knew. So anyway, it's been interesting to see kind of the backside of 
where does where do these opportunities start? And we've been really curious about the YouTube part of that one. Mm -hmm. um, and so this weekend, yesterday actually, so yesterday was Saturday, and I decided to take two of our videos, and one of them I set up as a promotional video. So basically, I just paid for them to promote our video on YouTube, and Google promotes it. And one yeah. of them I did as a promotional video to get more views. And one of them I did as a promotional video to get more engagement. So I did two different videos, two different oh, wow. ways of making that happen. And I hadn't talked through what I did with that th for Nikki. No, and so cool. I did that Saturday morning. As of about 7am on Sunday morning, they finally were approved. So it took about just under 24 hours for it to be approved. And I've done these on Facebook before where, and Facebook and Instagram are all connected through Meta, it's all connected. And I do plan on doing some videos to show you all how that's connected. I just find it fascinating. So I've done that on there before and you know, we'll get a, a some views and I think that's where the trolls came from for us last week. So they, yeah. you know, they see this stuff that comes across their page and they like it or they hate it or whatever, but you know, I, I spend a few dollars here and there. I've done it on Pinterest before, and I've done it on TikTok a little bit. And it gives you a few views. But again, I'm just curious to see how it works. I spend like $10, maybe $20, whatever. Yeah. Get a couple hundred views. On YouTube, it has blown up today for us. Not that we're getting like thousands and thousands of followers. And it's not that we're going viral or anything. But let me just pull it up here. So as of last night when I went to bed around... Um, I went to bed around two o'clock this morning. Oh my goodness. And we had 52 followers at that time, which is normal. You know, this is our, we're going into our fourth week. And as of right now, we have 273 followers. Oh, wow. So in the last, not even 24 hours. So right now it's four o'clock in the afternoon. It's 4.11 in the afternoon. So from about 7 a.m. to about 4 p.m. So we've had about 221 new followers today, which is incredible. And That's if insane. I go look at the analytics for these two videos, and they're not over yet. How long, how long do these, these promotions last? So I did this for your Zotero video okay. and that one I set up for engagement. Okay. And so far they've charged me $9 and 76 cents for it. Okay. The impressions and this is, that means that that's the number of people who have seen it. Okay. Um, without actually like clicking on it clicking. from what I understand five, uh, sorry, 59,004 people. Sorry, and the people 59. who actually viewed it, which means that they clicked on it. And a view, I looked it up today, means that they watched at least 30 seconds is 694. And then we got wow. 94 subscribers from that. Wow. And then the other one that I promoted was our podcast one from this week, episode three. Okay. And this one I set up with the goal of views. Okay. This one so far, they've charged me $88.03. So I think my limit was a hundred dollars. 
Oh, wow. And this one, the impressions is 36,970. So that's the number of people that it's come across their page. Views, we've gotten 2,720. So that's, they've watched at least 30 seconds of it. And we've gotten three subscribers from that. Wow. And then let me go in and see how long the promotion is supposed to last. I can't remember. Oh, I set the budget to $50. Okay, so on the Zotero one, I set the budget to 50 So does it keep going until it reaches the budget? I think so, until it runs out. I set the end date to February 29th. Okay. It says the promotion started on February 24th. You've spent $9.76. So far, you won't pay more than the total budget for your promotion. Wow. And the total budget is 50 It does say that uh, promotions with a total budget of at least 100 tend to have a better performance. Based on your budget, you'll spend an average of 805 per day until your selected end date. Okay, so there's wow. that one. But now I'm curious about the other one. Because it's told me that it costs $88.03. So the podcast one, okay, I set the budget for that one at $100. Okay. With the end date of February 29th. Okay. It said, based on your total budget, you'll spend an average of $2.39 per day until your selected end date. Wow. But it's telling me that I've already spent $88 of whatever we set up, so... I don't know. I don't exactly know how all that works, but I'm very pleased with the results that we're getting so far from it. So yeah. I'm good with that. Well, and, and you said the, you said the one that was for engagement, that one was, you said that one was around 96 followers. Mm -hmm. And then the other one, we got three followers from that one. So that means all of yes. the other ones that we've But we got more views for that one, which is what that one was meant for. Right. But then all of the other followers that we got because we we've had a, a significant increase. Those are mm -hmm. those are just people coming and seeing those videos, yeah. correct? Right, I guess so. App. Because yeah, it's saying ninety four subscribers were specific to the Zotero video. Three subscribers were specific to the the podcast episode three That's promotional incredible. video. I did promote the Canva one that I posted this morning. Again, I was just okay. I'm just curious now to see. What happens? Yeah. See how it is from the backside right. of it. So the one that I did this morning with using AI in Canva, um, this one is interesting because it only gave me, so I just set it this afternoon and it already set it as active, but it's a limited active. It says active and then it's limited in parentheses. Okay. And it says it's because there's a trademark in it. And in the thumbnail, I wrote Canva with Canva's actual font. Right. Now we have a Canva subscription and we pay for it and I got it from that. That's where I got it from. Right. So I don't feel like I've done anything wrong by having that. Now Canva may not agree with that. I don't know, but I use Canva's product. I'm talking about Canva. I'm promoting Canva. Right. We're not I'm not selling anything from Canva. So right. I don't personally feel like I've done anything wrong with it. But Google just says... All promotions go through a quick policy check. This usually takes one business day. Um, I can request authorization from the trademark owner to use their trademark without restrictions. I can edit my ad so that it complies with Google ads policies or request an exception above. 
After I save my ad, it will be reviewed by Google ads. If it violates Google ads policies, it will be disapproved. So they've activated it, but it's limited. So I don't know what that means because it's getting views right now. So the goal for that one was engagement. Right now I spent $3.66 so far today. And the impression so far is 3,212. So that's, those are the number of people who have at least seen it come across their page, but they haven't necessarily interacted with it. 30 people have watched at least 30 seconds of it. And we've gotten seven subscribers from that one. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's what's happening there, but it's definitely showing some results. But like you said, so that's 94 plus seven plus three. So that's 97, 100, 104 from those promotional videos. But Mm -hmm. we have gained 221. Right. Which is incredible. Right. So not all of those came from the promotional videos. Mm-hmm. Which makes, that makes me very, I mean, the promotional videos, that's exciting, but like seeing how it's just coming up on people's screens and they are seeing it and wanting to know more. That's right. That's so incredible. Right. I have a couple of ads playing right now on Facebook as well, which okay. also, well, it's the meta group. Okay. So that goes to Instagram also. And then I think it also pushes some through messenger. Oh, wow. Um, And I don't pay that much for them. And then I think I have one promoted on Pinterest right now as well. Again, I'm not paying a whole lot for them. I haven't paid as much as I have here on YouTube. YouTube. YouTube, it said you have to pay. They wouldn't let you do it for unless it was a certain amount. The others will let you pay just a couple of dollars and they don't care. I don't even know that any of this existed. That's Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. I love seeing it. So for those of you who don't know, if you're curious to see when do people start getting paid Mm -hmm. on YouTube, for us, it's telling us that once we get 500 followers on YouTube, let me see if I go back and tell you all. So we can start our earning journey is what it says. We get eligible Once we hit 500 followers, once we upload at least three videos in the last 90 days, which we're over that, and then we have to have one of the following. We need at least 3,000 watch hours in the last 365 days, so 3,000 hours of videos that people have watched, or 3 million views of shorts. So the shorts are like the reels that you would see, those little short videos. We need 3 million views of those. And these don't update regularly. Right now it's showing 38 public watch hours out of the 3,000 for us. And it's showing 98 public shorts views out of the 3 million. I know those numbers are not accurate because we've been getting a lot of views the last few days. I know we're not anywhere close to what we need. Right. But I know that our numbers aren't accurate there. And then once we get those things settled, we can apply. And at that point, it's not like we start making millions of dollars. People who are posting on YouTube are not just rolling in the money. At that point, we can set up, if we choose to, a membership. If we wanted to have a membership where our fans, that's the wording that they have. That's not our, (laughs) we don't go around talking about our fans. Um, But 
You could have a membership where your followers or people who support you can pay for cer certain perks. And so basically it's the people who follow you who pay you money for certain things. So let's say if we did want to do that, which we don't have any intention of doing that at this time, but let's say that if we had certain videos that we said, we'll release these, if you sign up for our membership, maybe we show you behind the scenes videos, or we have certain training videos and we allow them to be seen by people who purchase this membership. It could yeah. be $5, it could be $10, it could be whatever. There would be a join button and then YouTube gets part of it part of that money. And then we would get part of it. We would get 70% of the net revenue is what YouTube wow. says. The other thing that we could do at that point is there could be supers. So if you've ever seen a live video where people get supers, um, these are like little pictures that you can send to a creator when they're in a live, they're super chat, super stickers, super thanks. And it's just a way to engage with a creator, but that they cost money to purchase, to be able to, to give to the creator during their live. They usually will say, thank you for, for the, whatever it is that you send them. Thank you for the hat or thank you for the smiley face or thank you for the, the flower or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but that those cost money. So you, you buy them through YouTube from what I understand. And then the creator gets a percentage of the, the amount of money that goes through that. So that's one way. And then the other thing is if we had a store, we could have a link to our, our own store on our videos that way. And that would be the other thing. So that's what would happen if we reach that first goal. And then the next goal that we got to is when you can start having the ads go on your videos. And that's where the next level is. And that's where you can start generating money from the ads that are there. And that's a whole nother level. And that one, you have to have a thousand subscribers at least. That one, you need at least 4,000 watch hours from viewers within the last 365 days. And then also, um, or you can have 10 million short views, <laughs> which seems like so many. That's but you know, you have a video that goes viral and that could happen pretty quickly for some. So it just depends. But that's crazy. That's anyway. amazing. Again, we're not trying to be millionaires here. We're just very curious about the process of that. How and then YouTube and Instagram, they have stipulations too, as to when you can start adding ads and things. TikTok as well has things like that put into place. Um, TikTok won't let you go live until you have, I think, a thousand followers. Okay. So they have stipulations for even being able to go live. I think that Facebook will let you go live regardless of how many people you have that follow you, but they won't let mm -hmm. you have ads until you hit a certain number. So they're all very different. It's all very interesting to see. It is. Anyway, that's what I learned this week. So it had nothing really to do with the actual content that I made. It's just right. more of the behind the scenes of what we're seeing. That's amazing. Going off of um, what you learned on the backside of YouTube, my feet for the YouTube journey that we're all learning. And I texted you this last night because I was so excited. It sounds so <laughs> minor and so itty bitty, 
But I was so excited when I learned how to put segments into the videos to break everything up by the specific chapters because we want to make sure that everyone gets what they want to watch. Right. We, We want them to find exactly what they need. So if there's a section in the video that you just, you know, for example, OneNote, you know how to install and how to make a, a, a notebook, but you don't know some tips and tricks. So you want to go to that section of the video. I wanted to know how to be able to label those. And I figured that out last night right. and I texted you. I was so excited about it. I learned that and I was so proud of that, that tiny little thing. It was so fun. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Can I tell you a secret? Of course. I, so Nikki texted me last night and she said, I learned how to do the chapters and you know I, I'm going to go back and add that to my video. And I remember that I had seen something about the chapters and I know that chapters can be there. And I love it when I come across a YouTube video and the chapters are there. I absolutely love it. And I told her, I said, yeah, I've seen that before. I just, I can't remember how to do it, but I've seen that and kind of played it off as if, oh yeah, 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 I know how to do that. And I feel like that's how I came off, but I don't know how it came off to her. And then later I was... I was editing a video while all that was going on. And then a little bit later I uploaded my video and I thought, Tina, you need to add the chapters in there. And I thought, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to find, you know, I need to go ahead and do that. I could not remember where to go, what to do, whatever. Oh, no. I had to go find a, find a tutorial oh, to no. show me how to do it. So oh. I did. And I added them to it because I didn't want to not do it. Yeah. So because you let me know that you had done it, I made sure that I did it as well. And so I appreciate you pushing me to do that one extra step. And it was so simple. It was not a big deal at all to do. No. And I was and- not trying to be snotty or anything, whatever oh, no, no, you no. told me. So hopefully I didn't come across that way because I no, thought, oh, I no. hope she wasn't thinking that I was being. Yeah. 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 Everybody knows how to do that, Nikki, because oh, nope, no, I had no when- idea. I had to go in and figure out how to do it. No, when I when I found out how simple it was to do that, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like you call yourself like technology, whatever. You have got to be kidding me. My brother-in-law, I was talking to him the other day and he had called and he was um, just encouraging about the podcast. He was saying that he was so excited to listen to it every single Thursday. He's just right in there, ready to listen to it. And he was like, hey, you should put segments into all of your videos so people know exactly where to go when they're trying to find something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, that is such a good idea. No idea how to do that. Yeah. And so this this whole segment thing, this is specifically because he was pushing me to just be a little better. So now we have it and we're rolling with it. And I'm so excited that we have that into our videos now. It's so nice when people give us constructive feedback to help us right. to be better. It's right. Great. I mean, because we, we're learning too, and we want to be the best that we can be. So again, that was so helpful and we're just a little bit better because of it. So thank you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Transitioning. Okay. I know we talked about what we were learning. There's a lot of things that we've been learning, mm-hmm. the, the backside of stuff, some um, application stuff. Let's move into our AI segment. I know we talked a little bit about Copilot um, last podcast, and I played around with it just a little bit. I know you played around with it a little bit too. What I did with it, for those of you that don't know, Copilot is integrated with Microsoft. So we talked about ChatGPT and it's it's kind of the same thing, 
but um, you can generate images with that. You can analyze data with it. I, um, I have a list and I showed Tina this list at work a little bit ago. I have a list of every single thing that you can get free on your birthday. <laughs> and I wanted to see if Microsoft could like analyze that list and tell me specifics of what that document said. And it did. It pulled up every freebie. It was a list of freebies. It pulled up every single freebie that you had to do on the day of your birthday. It pulled up the freebies that you had to spend within like a week of your birthday. It analyzed all of that data and pulled information from the web to make sure I knew exactly when to get my birthday freebies. Incredible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're here for everyone. Everyone, mm -hmm. even... I mean, everyone has a birthday. Everyone nice. needs to know this. How, how can you use AI to get all the birthday freebies? I mean, I mean, it's, it's insane that it looks <laughs> specifically at my list and then it told me exactly which one, because some of the, the freebies you have to have accounts for. So it looked at the list that I had accounts for and it told me the ones that I needed to spend on my birthday, the ones within a week, the ones within a month. It's still February. I still get some freebies going on mm -hmm. here. It's amazing. It's just incredible. So when you did that, now mm -hmm. I looked at Copilot. I have not used it before and I looked at it a little bit earlier to just kind of get an idea. I keep seeing everything right. about it, but I hadn't actually gotten hands-on with it. And I saw that when you ask it for something, it'll give you even more than what you ask for. Did it give yes. you any tips for maybe places where you could get birthday freebies that you hadn't put on your list? Did it give you anything extra mm -hmm. like advice mm -hmm. for, Hey, this is something you were missing. That is, that is exactly the prompt that it gave. Awesome. So I had a, a document. The first thing that I wanted to do with a document is just see if it actually analyzed it. Mm -hmm. So my first prompt was how many places do I have on this document? And so it listed and it said, you have 18 places. And then I said, the ones within the, the day, how, how many have to be used in the day? How many have to be used in a week? And then the prompt underneath of it, I didn't even put it. It said, what are the freebies that are not listed on this document? And it went through and it listed so many freebies that you can get that I didn't even know existed. And then another prompt was, do you want things? Do you want like birthday things or birthday food? Because okay. we can go to stores and get things or we can go to restaurants and get food. So like it, it tries to think of your next step for you and it puts those prompts already in there. It's amazing. Awesome. Are you going to take advantage mm -hmm. of any of those that they suggested for you since you still have a few days left oh, 100%. in February? <laughs> 100. I have a few days left. I will be going through and seeing everything else that I can get for free. And I will be taking advantage of those. I mean, your birthday should be celebrated the whole entire month. I, I fully believe that. That's funny. Now I'm just yeah. upset that you found this out after January because my birthday wasn't January. So now I have right. to wait a whole nother year, but I will for sure mm -hmm. be testing that, that out next year. And maybe next year, yeah. because they update this so much that maybe by next year, there will be even more on the list. Yeah. You won't even have to put in a prompt. It's just going <laughs> to email you and say, Tina, here's every single thing that you can do on your birthday. Because it just knows what you're thinking. I mean, by, by 2025, surely that's what AI is going to do. You know, maybe that's what we can do as a mailer for people. 
is ask them their birth date and then send them the AI response of freebies that they could get for their birthday. Hypothetical, of course, so that we're not held responsible in case one of the companies decides that they're not doing it anymore. But right. Yeah. Right. That could be fun. Incredible. We could, we could integrate um, power automation in Microsoft Mm -hmm. to have it automatically send out. Yeah. Ooh, girl, I'm seeing lots of things (laughs) that we can do with this. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, Copilot. So I did the text, mm-hmm. but it also does images as well. Yeah. So I said, just create an image mm-hmm. of a sunset over a beach. Mm-hmm. And it made the most beautiful sunset I have ever seen. And then it, the prompts were like, do you want a sailboat in the background? And I was like, sure, let's of put course. a sailboat in of there. Course. And it gives you four options of <laughs> pictures that you can choose from the same kind of setting, but one's darker, one's lighter, one has a little bit more water showing, like you get options. It's not just here's a picture. And so you can choose the one that you want, and then you can continue to add prompts from there. It, it's just, it's amazing what it can do. Yeah. I was watching a video of somebody comparing ChatGPT and Copilot, mm-hmm. and I definitely see that Copilot is 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 a resource that I would probably lean more towards. Now, right. I'm curious to see, because I haven't really gotten hands-on with it a lot. I did play around just a little bit. Where were you going to be able to get hands-on here? Because I was seeing that you there was a free version, but then you also needed to have a subscription for some of the resources. So where were you going where you actually were able to get hands-on with it? How were you accessing. So that. I went to, I went to copilot.microsoft.com okay. and then I had to sign into my Microsoft account. And then when I signed into the Microsoft account, it just allowed me to type in the prompts and okay. do it. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know how else to get to it. <laughs> Did you use the, the account that we have for our business account? Mm-hmm. Is that so the it pulled account? up. Yeah, it, it pulled up. Um, I used my Symbol Tech Media email. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in it, it pulls up uh, Tina Bell LLC because that's our right parent company. Yeah, that's the that's the company. So like in the corner, it says that this like this is a product mm-hmm. of Tina Bell LLC. And so because it asked if I it was a if I had a work email or a personal email, right. and I just chose work email. Yeah. Um, and then I used that account and it popped up and it does, it does tell you about data privacy. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're putting actual data inside right. there, it, it tells you that it, it manages it and keeps it safe. I don't know. I don't know how much I would put actual sensitive data into artificial intelligence, but <laughs> you do have the ability to do it. Right. I'm just curious because I know that it was saying that you had to pay it was $30 per month per user okay. for a business plan on it mm-hmm. for, but I don't know if that's the pro version or I know there's different versions of it. Yeah, and I think that that's ones. where it integrates with all the different apps and everything. Yes. So I was just curious see, about I, that. Yeah. I did try to see if it could um, integrate with Excel mm-hmm. because I, I work with Excel so much. Right. So I did try to see that and I, I don't have, okay. I'm not able to use it on any of the applications. Okay. So that's what the difference like is. putting in the prompts. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, eventually I would like to invest in that for us. Um, once we get right. our monetary gain on YouTube, we can afford to. Um, 
So you have to pay for the full year. You can't pay okay. for just a few months. And right. there are two of us. So that's, uh-huh. you know, $30 times 12 times two. That's a lot of math. Uh-huh. Um, that's a lot up front for something that we would just kind of be playing around with. So, and this is where we're saying you have to outweigh the cost. Is it worth it to us at this point? That's not something that's in our budget. That's not worth it to me for us to invest in at this time. But in the long run, it's something that I am very interested in doing at some point. Um, just not quite yet. Another thing that I did yeah. see, and I can see this on my 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 computer right here. So I have an HP, which is a Windows computer. And on my computer in the corner, because I have Windows 11, there is a Copilot in Windows preview over here. And when I click on it, a Copilot screen pops up and it has wow. Copilot built into the desktop over here. And it has start a knock-knock joke and it has a big smiley face that I could click on. Create a pop art oh, image wow. of a woman wearing sunglasses and a beret. Create a Renaissance era painting of a farmhouse at dawn. Give me a weird fact and I hypothesize what it reveals about the world. All these things. And I also like that this one has, and this is different from ChatGPT. When we talked about ChatGPT in one of our podcast episodes, I said that you could ask the prompt to adjust the response so that it fit the age group or the the type of answer that you were wanting. So right. maybe you're asking, you know, explain photo, photosynthesis as if you were explaining it to a six-year-old and it's going right. to adjust it. But here with Copilot, they have an option that you can click on where it says, explain this or, or use this style of conversation and you can make it be more creative. You can have it be more balanced where it's more like just an everyday conversation, or you can have it be more precise where it's more of like factual type information where creative is going to be more like story. Like, um, so I think that's very interesting. And then like Nikki was saying, they could add images in there. You can add a screenshot in there. And then the one that I was very interested in, and I would love for us to play with this is you can have it write you a song. And I don't know if that's available in the free version or not. And I'm not seeing it right here, but you can have it generate you a song. And I was hoping we could play with that. And I just don't see that. No, I was hoping we could do it. I bet that's in the the paid one, but you can have it write a song. Oh my goodness. Let me see if I write it in the prompt, if it'll do it. It might give you, because um, ChatGPT will give you, like, lyrics, but it won't put audio to it. <laughs> so I said, oh, no. <laughs> write a song about Simple Tech Media, and it has music notes, and it's called Simple Tech Media. It has verse one, pre-chorus, chorus, verse two, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, wow. chorus, and then outro. <gasps> wow. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to play this. I don't know that it's going to have music, but I think it might just speak it. And it has music notes throughout and it has stars throughout. Let me see if this will actually play. (laughs) Can you guys hear that? I can't. Okay. So I just played it in mine. So let me, I'll just read, read a little bit of it. I feel like I should, I, so when I edit this, I'm going to add some nice music in the background. 
do it. Simple Tech Media. In the digital expanse where data flows, Simple Tech Media stands. Its story unfolds. Bytes and pixels dance a symphony of code. From servers to screens, their magic bestowed. Pre-chorus. In the heart of circuits where electrons roam, Simple Tech Media thrives, a digital home. Bits become melodies, zeros and ones align, creating a rhythm, a pulse in binary time. Chorus. Simple Tech, oh Simple Tech, your pixels ignite. A canvas oh. of pixels where dreams take flight. From bytes to infinity, your story we write. Simple Tech Media shining so bright. Verse 2. Wow. In the algorithmic dawn where bytes collide, Simple Tech Media crafts worlds far and wide. From zeros and ones, they weave tales untold. A virtual universe where imagination unfolds. Pre chorus. In the heart of circuits where electrons roam, simple tech media thrives, a digital home. Bits become melodies, zeros and ones align, creating a rhythm, a pulse in binary time. Simple tech, oh simple tech, your pixels ignite, a canvas of pixels where dreams take flight. From bytes to infinity, your story we write, simple tech media shining so bright. In the glow of screens where pixels play, Simple Tech Media whispers secrets today. From data streams to cybernetic skies, they paint constellations where knowledge lies. Simple Tech, oh Simple Tech, your pixels ignite. A canvas of pixels where dreams take flight. From bytes to infinity, your story we write. Simple Tech Media shining so bright. And as the servers hum in the digital night, Simple Tech Media thrives, its purpose in sight. For the binary symphony where creativity thrives, Simple Tech Media lives where imagination survives. I mean, everyone, can we just <laughs> give it up? Wow. Let's give it to Copilot. Incredible. Wow. Copilot. Standing ovation, if I could stand. If it's amazing. If there's not a Grammy for this one, I just don't know what's happening in this world. Wow. Oh, yeah. So we are out to be famous with Grammys <laughs> <laughs> from, from our co-pilot song. Okay. Well, now this is one of 30 options it looks like it gave us. Oh, Maybe? I don't know. Goodness. It says one of 30 and there's a green light next to it. So I don't know what that means. I should try this again sometime and actually put in a prompt of what we do and see what it comes up with. Right. I should do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. Very we'll, fun. We'll have a song coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get music put to it and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can play it on your way to work every morning. <laughs> you know, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be on Spotify. Yes. We can, it'll be playing on a streaming service near you. Mm -hmm. Apple Music, Spotify, <laughs> represent Simple Tech Media. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. That's what we were shooting for with all of this. That's really our intention in all of this was to be music stars. 
Right. See, the tutorials, that was a cover. Yes. And so now we're ready to expose what's truly coming yes. for us. <laughs> now, I don't know what genre we would be. I feel like that one was very inspirational. That was. I feel like that <laughs> one, the artwork for our album there would have been, would be whatever your AI picture would have been. What was it? Like a night. The sunset? Yes, the sunset. I feel like your sunset, mm-hmm. I feel like there would have been a shooting star, something. Right. Yeah. I feel right, like that would have been, in the back. been good. Mm-hmm. I feel like that fits. <laughs> We've looked at a little bit of AI, Copilot, incredible, um, ChatGPT, just the stuff that it can do, absolutely just mind-blowing. I would want like to transition just for a moment into um, augmented reality. Oh, we yeah. talked about this last week, and we said that we were going to discuss it just a little bit. And so I think AI and AR, they, mm-hmm. they can work hand-in-hand, hand, and it's incredible. So for those of you that you don't know, um, augmented reality, There, there's augmented reality and then there's virtual reality. So with virtual reality, you've seen where um, you put the, the glasses on and you're transported to a different place. Mm-hmm. I had a teacher in high school who got virtual reality glasses mm-hmm. and it was what he had on them was haunted houses. <laughs> oh, and no, so that's terrifying. like our free time, like study hall or between like practice for sports, he would let us use the glasses (laughs) and you are quite literally like transported into this haunted house and like things (laughs) pop out at you. It is so real and it's so scary and it's, oh, it's incredible. It's just amazing that it can do that. So you're like in another world, you get taken away and you're in another world. Whereas augmented reality is bringing technology into where you are. And mm-hmm. I was trying to think of, obviously we've, we've seen it used in education, but for a more day-to-day approach of how to even see this working, um, Tina, have you seen the Ikea ads where you can literally see the furniture inside your space to see if it fits. So they'll use augmented reality and have a picture of your space. And then you can place that specific couch that you want, that um, TV stand that you want to see if it'll work in the space that you have or how it will look in the space that you have. That's the augmented reality. Have you seen something like that? I have not seen that specific with Ikea, but I have seen that with sites. I know that Amazon does that a lot. If you're looking at furniture, I'm looking to purchase a filing cabinet. Actually, I purchased one yesterday. I'm just waiting for it to come in Uh from Amazon. It's going to go right behind me. And, you know, you go to purchase anything and it'll say, see it, preview it in the room, see how it looks. And you just click on there and you scan the room and it'll show show those things. Sometimes you can see that even with a haircut type thing, sometimes sites will say, you know, put your picture in there or with eyeglasses and they'll put mm-hmm. that in there and make it look like it's on you. Mm-hmm. I've done it with, I've done it with makeup. <laughs> well, yeah. this like blush color looked pretty on your skin and right. you just take like a picture of yourself and boom, it's on your skin. And then right. you're like, mm, no. So, um, those of you that don't know, Tina and I, we do work together and we teach together, but we teach kind of opposite classes. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of Microsoft Office technology and Tina, I believe if my sister is telling me correctly, (laughs) I believe you have used augmented reality in your education, correct? Yes. 
Yes, that's absolutely. amazing. Can you please tell us about it? I'm so glad that your sister was paying attention. And I was actually just She's sitting so here excited. thinking, has she been in my class to hear my explanation about the difference in virtual and augmented reality? Because this sounds oh, no. very similar to what I talk about in class about the oh, differences wow. in virtual reality and augmented reality. So I do have a background in educational technology and instructional design and technology. I also have a background in Microsoft and all of those things. But the last few years, my focus has really shifted into the educational technology side. And I love it. I love thinking about ways that technology can be used to bring things to life. And I say things because even more so than just in a classroom, and that's really why we're making the videos that we're doing more so than in an academic setting. Now we're teachers, so we do look at things from an academic setting, but I understand that the people that we're trying to reach with the videos that we're doing right now are not necessarily teachers. Now we might come across a lot of teachers, but I don't want to push people away and think, no, these are teachers only talking to teachers. Right. But it's the same thing. You're looking for new furniture. There are tools out there where you can see, does it work in my house? There are games out there that you can get for your children. And you may be saying, is this something that I want them to have? Well, it would be helpful to know they're coming in looking for virtual reality or augmented reality. What, what, is, what is that? I have no idea. Um, maybe you're a grandparent and you're, you have kids who are asking for these things, grandkids. And you have no idea what it is that they're talking about. And Nikki did a great job explaining kind of the differences in those. Um, Another way that I usually will describe augmented reality for people who um, are on social media, we see filters all the time. It became really popular a couple of years ago for the filters to be used on Snapchat or Instagram, now TikTok really. And you don't see it so much anymore with the silly animal faces, but whenever I think of it, augmented reality, especially with kids, I always think of my nephews with the dog face on and, you know, it's still them and it's just a filter added onto their environment where it makes their environment look like it's changed, but really it's not. Or the filters that people wear now where it looks like they have the big eyelashes on and they have no makeup on at all. And, you know, and they turn their face and you can see that their eyelashes are still on one spot of the screen or, you know, their lipstick now was on their mouth when they were facing straight, but now they turn and it's off to the side. It's just funny to me. Um, That's augmented reality or Mm -hmm. yeah, that's augmented reality as well. And then virtual reality, like Nikki said, is you're staying in one spot and it makes it feel like you're in a whole different world with the use of technology. I do find, though, that a lot of times those two terms are used interchangeably a lot. So you'll see devices where they'll say augmented reality and virtual reality. And, you know, it's kind of apples and oranges as far as that goes. It's not that big of a deal to to use them interchangeably, but they are technically different in the way that Nikki explained that is is fantastic. I have the opportunity of teaching college students who want to be teachers how to use technology in the classroom with little kids. And one of the things that I teach them is how to use augmented reality in a way where we're not just wasting time in the classroom. We're not just bringing in devices just to bring in a device, but we're really bringing a lesson to life for the students. 
And this allows me to give myself permission to really have fun. And sometimes I feel like I have to, in order to be productive, I have to be boring and I have to really not allow myself to enjoy what I'm doing, which is unfortunate because the older I get it, the more I realize I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy what I'm doing and I don't see a problem with that. And I have definitely found a joy in my life these last few years that I haven't had in a really long time, maybe ever, because I'm just realizing life is slipping me by and I just don't want to be, I don't want to feel like I can't enjoy the things that I want to enjoy and to, to have fun. And so I, I started teaching this class and I allowed myself to go to Amazon and look for all the things that are being pushed to bring into the classroom to bring them in and for us to get hands-on with them to see, are they worth it? Are they worth it or not? So one of the things that I brought in that has to do with augmented reality is something called a merge cube. And I just wanted to see, is this worth it? And I actually brought one with me. So those of you who are watching this, you'll be able to see, but I'll just kind of talk through it. And a merge cube is, is marketed towards teachers using this in a classroom for augmented reality. So I'm gonna hold this up so you can see it on the screen. But this is called a merge cube. And if you're listening to this on one of our other platforms, you can go look, look it up. It's called merge, M-E-R-G-E, um, but it's a cube and you're supposed to be able to hold this. And this really makes your lesson come to life because your student can hold this in their hand. And then you scan your phone with the app that goes along with this product for the company. And it'll make it look like the student is holding whatever it is. So it can make it look like a student is holding a heart in their hand. Now, I have found that when I say that to people, they think it's more like a hologram where this, this square block, that's basically what it looks like I have in my hand is just a big square block, that it looks like that changes. And it's not a holo- hologram. It's not going to change that it's the use of technology. So you're looking through a device and through the device, that's where the change happens. So in the student's hand, as the student's looking at their own hand, it looks like they're still holding the square block. But through the device, it looks like they're now holding whatever it is. It could be a heart. It could be a dinosaur. It could be a computer part. It could be a butterfly. And a lot of these things through the apps that you can get, they look like they're actually moving. And the apps that you can find for the augmented reality, the one that I use specifically is for Merge. They have labels on them. So you can see what the different parts are called. And then as you turn the cube, you can see the top part or the bottom part or whatever. And it really can bring the lesson to life. Now, is this something that I think is a requirement for every class everywhere? No, but I think it is something that could be a fun way to enhance a lesson. And I bring it in each semester to my class with my college students. And we do a lesson with a butterfly and I have my students come up. And the fun thing with augmented reality is you don't have to have a cube like this. So I'm not saying everybody go out and buy this. It was, I think, $25 for this cube, if I remember correctly on Amazon. You don't have to have it. I have it, so I use it. But you can go find an app for augmented reality And you can use that app to make it look like there's something in your classroom. Mm -hmm. You can go along with your lesson, whatever you're learning on. And I usually will have my students come in and we'll do the story of a butterfly. 
and I'll have one student come up and I'll have them hold their hand out. And then I'll have the app on my iPad and I will scan. Um, it's a picture that will show up and it looks like a leaf with a bunch of um, butterfly eggs on it. And I'll put it, place it in that student's hand. And then for this to work, you have to look through the device. And I found out as well that a lot of people don't have the imagination to see how to make that work. So to make that work, I'll just say, connect it to your projector. If you have a projector in your classroom, connect it that way. And then the whole class can see what's happening. So you're not having to look at one little device, your phone or, or a tablet or something. So I'll have a student come up. I took it one step further and I got a book. So a book about a butterfly. And so I'll have one student come up and I'll have them read the story about this butterfly. It starts out as an, a butterfly egg. And then it, it opens up and then I'll ask the class, what is it going to be when it opens up? It's a caterpillar. Okay. Now somebody else come up, somebody else comes up and they hold out their hand. And then I place in their hand, this image of a caterpillar and I can spin it with the app with my fingers. I can manipulate it to spin it around to where, you know, we look at the face, we look at the antenna, we look at the, you know, the feet and everything usually have them name it. So everybody, what's, what's the name of our caterpillar? And then they come up with some silly name. We, we do that. Say, okay, you, you take care of whatever the name is that they come up with. And so they're standing there with their hand out again, as they're looking down at their hand, they can't see it. But those of us who can see the screen, we can see that caterpillar. Just keep going through the process of, you know, the life cycle of the butterfly. And it's a fun way for me to show future teachers how this can be used. I think little kids would absolutely eat this up. I think that they would love it. Oh, yeah. At one point we get to where the caterpillar is ready to go into his cocoon. So I have another student come up, you know, and now we have multiple students up at the front and now we're looking for a branch to go ahead and get on. So instead of having their hands out for a safe space, you know, we're making a branch with our hand. And so I'll, you know, I'll place it to where it's hanging off of their, their branch that they've made with their hand. And it's so much fun. I wish I had a group of students that I could make a video of to show this, but I don't have that to do. Maybe I'll try to figure out a way to do this, to make a video to show how this could work. But it's so much fun. And then by the end, I have the student, um, once our caterpillar emerges from the cocoon, so we have this butterfly and our last student holds their hand out, the butterfly at this point is actually waving its, its wings and mm -hmm. at the end of the story that I have them read, um, it talks about, you know, fly, little butterfly, fly, whatever. And it's just a fun way to do this. Now I'm doing it with college students who are education majors. Right. You know, they get it. Some of them, for the most part, I get a really good reaction from them for it. Some of them are a little bit too cool for school. So, you know, <laughs> it, you know, it is what it is with them, but when I can get them to react well to it, and usually for the most part, they love it. Um, but for students, it gets them out of their seat. It gets them interacting and it's a great way to bring a lesson alive. Um, the merge software comes with two different apps and I appreciate that one is a little bit more just kind of, you go through and you pick something, but there's not a whole lot of guidance with it. The other app that goes along with it actually has more like lessons built in where it'll say, click on this. It'll kind of walk them through some content. It'll teach them about things and then it'll have them work through, through a lesson or a process or whatever. And it'll have them um, interact with a picture and it'll show them different things. So it's a really neat, neat device. The subscription to it is $10 a month. 
which is a little bit hefty if this is something that you're paying for all year, but you're not using it all the time. I usually will subscribe to it for a month whenever I'm using this in my class because it's not something, again, I'm not an elementary teacher where I need it all the time. So I'll subscribe to it for about a month or so while we're using it in class. And then I'll unsubscribe until the next semester and then I'll subscribe again for a month or so. So that's what I do with it in my class, but it is so much fun. And I'm going to see if I can figure out a way to make a good video with that. My nephews, when I went home this past Christmas, I brought my iPad home and they love it. I can make it look like there is a dinosaur in the kitchen mm-hmm. and they absolutely love it. They'll say, auntie, put, put um, a T-Rex and then they'll you know, pretend like they're running away from it. Ah, and then I'll take a picture and then they come running over to the device because they can't actually see it, but it's building their imagination. So they're pretending like this, whatever it is, is there. They're reacting to it. And then they come over once I take a picture with the device and it's taking a screenshot of the image with the augmented reality. And then it's taking a picture of them in the situation. And then they just love it and it builds their imagination. They're interacting with something that's not really there, but they are getting to pretend like it is there. So it's so much fun. And I think it's a great way for students and kids to use their imagination and for adults as well. And then I think it's also good for students to see that you can make it look like something's there, but that's not real. And I think it's a good Mm -hmm. way for us to show them in a safe way that not everything that we see on a device, we can't always believe that it's true and that it's real. And I think it's an easy way for us to show them, okay, we see it on the screen that it's there, but when we look in real life, that's not there. In your hand, there's a butterfly on the screen, but in real life, it's not. And so that's a really easy way for us to start showing them that um, there's a difference in what we're seeing online. That's incredible. (laughs) Uh, Going back to your students that are too cool for school because they're (laughs) in college and they cannot be playing around with augmented reality. Yes. This is used a lot yes. in grad classes. It is. This is used a lot in higher education mm-hmm. because it, statistically it's proven that students or learners understand better when they attach visual to it right. rather than just listening or just seeing a, a 2D diagram on a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. For example, let's, let's take the heart, mm-hmm. the actual structure of the heart. If you can visually see a heart and it's pumping and you Mm -hmm. can see the veins and everything working with it right there in front of you. If you're trying to practice surgery or learning how things interconnect with each other, having that in front of you right there is incredible. And and that's how I've seen it being used in higher education, grad school, doctoral school, med school. Right. I mean, it is, it is used everywhere and it is such an incredible tool. Right. I love it. One of my dreams is to be able to develop an augmented reality type something one day. That's awesome. I can't draw. So that's a problem. I can't. (laughs) So that's going to be, that's going to be something that holds me back, but I'm going to figure it out some way. But I, I love these resources and I, I love the opportunity of thinking of ways to help bring a lesson to life for somebody who's trying to learn something. I just think it's fascinating. 
That's amazing. Um, you can use Copilot for <laughs> yes, <laughs> trying yes, to get your yes. images generated, whatever you need, and then push that off into uh, your augmented reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> All right. If you have stuck with us this far, you know what time it is. It is time for the tech tips so good. It'll make you flip your chair. If you saw one of the shorts that we created a little bit ago, there was one that said if you went into the settings of your iPhone, you could search and find anything on a web page. You can do the same exact thing on a computer. You can search any web page from a Mac, a desktop, whatever you have. If you use your shortcut keys, if you're on a PC, it's Control F. And if you're on a Mac, it's Command F. You press those two shortcut keys together, it'll pull up a little dialog box at the top of your screen and you can type in whatever search you're looking for. Anything that is on that web page. Now it does have to be on that web page. It's not going to search the entire website for you, but if it's on that web page, control F or command F, you can search for anything there. We are at the end of our Fourth episode, Nikki, four of them. We are wrapping up our first consistent month. And I think this has been a great month. I have loved doing amazing. this with you and we are just trekking along. Now, somebody asked me the other day, if we have a schedule, if we plan out, you know, in advance what we're doing and we have tried <laughs> and life yeah. has gotten in the way. So we're doing the best that we can with things. Last week, the internet messed us up with getting our podcast out. Our plan is to get our podcast out every Thursday. Last week, it was a storage issue, but we both have external drives now that are working for us. So we shouldn't have that issue anymore. Praise Jesus. Yes. So we're there, um, but I feel like we're getting into a better routine I feel like things are finally falling into place. We are going to be working on getting our website up and running a little bit better. It is, it is there, but we just have kind of let that go by the wayside. And Nikki, I haven't told you, but our PO box is up and running as well. So I'll be That's posting amazing. the PO box number here very soon. I don't expect to actually be getting a whole lot there, but I'm just saying we have a PO box. We are official. Things are happening. It's thrilling. Very exciting. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you all for your support. We appreciate it. Please reach out if you have any suggestions for us. We are open to constructive comments and feedback. Please be kind. We are doing our very best and our goal is to be helpful as much as we can. And we'll be putting out more videos this week. Don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> Bye. Perfect.